Hey, welcome to Transform Pain to Power, the podcast about what it really takes to resolve pain and the simple, unconventional yet proven techniques to get you there most quickly. Listen in for high-level creative conversation to inspire you to engage with the life that you want in a body that you love. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number five. So today I'm going to talk to you more about sensation and getting to know what the heck is going on (laughs) a little bit better in your own body. Now, I did an episode on this very topic a few episodes back. I think it's episode number two, so you can go back and listen to that if you want to learn more about why this is helpful exactly and some techniques that you can use. But I'm going to explain it through an anecdote from my own personal life that happened with my daughter because it was too serendipitous that this came about at the same time that I talked about this topic originally. And as I'm delivering these episodes and just getting into resolving pain, because this is one of the biggest things. And it's something that it's like a skill that you can develop, just like learning the skill of um, any physical activity that you do, where that's body oriented. It's really a skill. And anybody can learn it. You actually have the best equipment in the world for learning this very skill, which is great news. So I'm going to get into that. I'm also going to talk about the number one thing to be aware of when you're developing this skill that can have a big impact on how beneficial it is for you. Okay? Before I jump into that, I want to say on November 20th, so Saturday, I am hosting a workshop by or for the amazing Lavinia Plunka. She's going to deliver an incredible workshop on how to tap your own creativity to be more consciously creative in your life. Now, what that means is that most of us are like running on autopilot, just living our lives and not really designing our lives. And she's going to give a workshop on how you can use the mind-body connection to start gaining more awareness about how these things work together and what you can do to actually consciously create the life that you want. So it's going to be a real doorway into understanding and application. And I'm so excited. I love what Lavinia has to offer. I think it's Lavinia. Lavinia. I love what she has to offer. And I love everything that she says. And I basically wanted to do this workshop and get it out into the world. So I asked her, will you do a workshop? Because this sounds amazing. (laughs) And she said, yes. So we are so lucky that she's making this available to us. So if that's something that you're interested, which of course you are, because it's going to be amazing, uh, then I will link, put a link in the show notes so you can go and sign up for that and reach out if you have any questions. All right. So let's get into the topic of sensation scanning. Now, I already talked all about it and did a whole podcast on it, so I'm not going to go into the details of what it is, 
but I'm going to tell you this anecdote that will might help you relate it to your own life in a more specific way. I think anecdotes are so important. Personal stories that people have been through that bring it home. So this anecdote actually comes from an experience I had with my seven-year-old daughter. So I'll tell you the story. Basically, it was the first day, well, it was the day before the first day of school, the first day of the year at a new school, in fact. And so it was going to be a new teacher, new year, new school, lots of things. And my daughter was going into the second grade and she was quite nervous, like excited, but also had a lot of nervous energy around the first day of school. That night, my husband put her to bed and I was reading with my other daughter and then I hear this mummy call to me with a sense of urgency in it. So I calmly put down my book and I walk in and my daughter, Cleo, she's called, uh, said, you know, I think I have a funny feeling in my tummy and I'm afraid that I'm going to throw up. And because she had been totally fine for just like 30 minutes, 10 minutes ago, as far as I could tell, no symptoms, nothing to show that or suggest that something might be awry, I thought she was just feeling a little bit nervous and that's what was going on. So I sat down next to her and we talked about it. Basically, she went back and forth and she was like, do you think I'm gonna? And then, okay, maybe I'm just nervous, but then do you think I'm gonna? And she couldn't sit still. Her entire body was caught up in this anxiety of the sensation that she felt. She would be still for like a second and then she would start wriggling and wriggling and writhing again. Finally, I was like, okay. About after half an hour, I was like, all right, I think something's going on. So I went and got a bucket and long story short, she threw up and was fine after that, went to bed, everything was fine. And I was like, well, she's obviously got something. So I guess I'll stay in here for the night just in case, you know, you kind of anticipate having to look after them after that. She slept through the night, woke up totally fine. Nothing, no symptoms, no anything, no signs of anything from being sick. And she was excited, eager, bubbly, talking, ready to go to school. And I was like, weird. Okay. I guess you're going to go to school. And she was fine. So after that, I was like, did she freak herself out to the extent that she actually threw up or did she eat something? Cause clearly she didn't have any kind of a virus because she was absolutely fine the next day. No fever, no nothing. So We'll never know, right? Never, never know. And that doesn't really matter. Here's the part that I think is so interesting that I wanted to bring with you. So what happened over the next several days and weeks and beyond a month is that every time she felt a sensation in that area of her body, she would get super scared. She would freak out in her way. She would come up to me if I was there and say in this very serious tone, mommy, I think I feel something funny in my tummy. And in these moments, her whole body was just overcome with this fear. Her eyes would be wide like a deer in headlights. Her face would be pale. And I could tell she was really genuinely scared. 
And what I would do each time is, you know, sit down, check in, or, you know, spend some time with her. And eventually it would calm down and then she would be fine. Right? So nothing beyond that first incident. No more sickness at all. What is fascinating about this is that she had this experience, this undesirable, scary experience that then became disproportionately large and threatening in her nervous system because it was coupled with fear. Had she not been afraid, then she wouldn't have been concerned or thinking about it or being preoccupied about it at all. But the power of fear is incredible when it comes to the nervous system. And this is what I want to address. There's a couple of things I want to tease out of this for you. Now, first of all, I went through a process with my daughter over the next, as I said, several weeks and longer than a month of helping her acclimate and be able to differentiate different sensations in this area of her body. Literally, it was a process of learning what different feelings, different sensations mean. Sometimes we couldn't figure it out. We didn't know what it was. Sometimes it was that she was hungry. Sometimes it was that she was a little bit nervous. There were lots of different things, but mostly what we did was go through a process whereby she began to learn in her subconscious that this feeling was normal and that it was okay and she didn't have to be scared of having this sensation. This sensation didn't have to be coupled with a sense of threat. And you can imagine that if you have a sensation, a child or anybody else, and it's unfamiliar, that the unfamiliarity is a little bit scary. What is going on? I experienced that as an adult. I woke up my husband, like it wasn't that long ago, I had this pulse in a weird place in my shoulder and it just would not go away. It was in the middle of the night and finally I was like, what is going on? I'm going to die. <laughs> I woke up my husband because I was afraid of the sensation that I didn't recognize in my body. And he played that role for me. He was like, yeah, I'm fine. You know, I was like, are you worried? <laughs> and he was like, no. And in my head, I'm thinking, you don't understand. That's why you're not worried. You can't feel what I feel. If you did, it would be freaking you out. Because <laughs> this is problematic, okay? And that part of me was feel, that fueling that fear, that feeling of unfamiliarity was creating a lot of fear in me. And I kind of knew that the likelihood that it was serious was very minimal, but because I'd never felt it before. Um, and it was also in the middle of the night. And this is when things are more challenging to deal with for sure. Um, I got carried away onto that train and it was fine. I passed through the night. Everything was fine. <laughs> no danger as far as I could tell. So this kind of situation is not uncommon. And if you think to your own life, you'll likely have this experience, you can think of different experiences that you've had like this. 
So it's really important to just acknowledge that this is normal, totally normal part of being a human and being alive in a human body, that we get sensations that we don't understand that freak us out from time to time. And it's really important to know how that relationship with fear heightens the sensation and the sense of threat, right? And remember, a sense of threat makes your body feel like you need to pay attention. And the way, the best way to get you to pay attention is to create pain, right? Because pain is a super duper quick attention getter. Now, the other thing I want to highlight from this story is the amount of time that it took for my daughter to overcome this relationship with the sensation, fear, and a sense of threat, this association. So I would say that she came to me multiple times a day for the first couple of weeks, every time we were together. And after that, it did taper off, but she was still coming to me over a month afterwards with uncomfortable feelings in her tummy that she was, that she was afraid of. And this happened from one incident, from one moment, not from something that she'd been dealing with for weeks or months, but just one moment. Again, that's how powerful the fear response is. It is designed to keep you safe and it's not messing around. So it takes a while. Now, look, by a while, I didn't say five years. I'm not saying that your timeline is going to be exactly like anybody else's timeline, but you can expect, if you go through this process, you can literally expect to feel changes happening within a month, if not sooner. And that's because your nervous system has the capacity to learn in that amount of time. But we have this this thing where we expect in this day and age to see results. We want results quickly. And if we don't get the results that we're expecting in the amount of time that we feel that we should, and usually our expectation is more of a feeling than a reason that's fueled by logic, right? It's more like we feel like it should be working sooner. And if those expectations aren't met, we tend to disbelieve the process and be like, this isn't working for me. Clearly, this isn't functioning. The vast majority of the time, it's not that it's not functioning. It's that you haven't given it enough time to start working. So not only do we expect it to work quickly, the other thing is that we think if we understand it, then we should be able to make it work for us. And we can fall into the trap of getting angry and frustrated at ourselves or at the process and feel like our subconscious isn't able to keep up with the timeline of our prefrontal cortex. But really, these kinds of things take time. Think of learning a new skill. Remember, that's really what you're doing in this situation. If you sit down at the piano and you start to learn a new song or whatever it is that you do. If you play an instrument, it's a great metaphor. Whatever kind of physical thing, if you're learning how to bake, right? It takes a while to figure out how spices 
uh, work together. You got to try it a number of times. Nobody would expect to do something perfect, to sit down at the piano with a new piece and play it perfectly the first time. You expect it to take time to learn. So I want to encourage you to be aware of that in this process with yourself, that it's going to take some time. So there's one last thing I want to mention around this, which you want to be aware of. If you go into this exercise, you might find, many people find this very challenging. And that is totally normal if you have a lot of fear around pain. I would expect you to find this challenging. You might not, but it wouldn't surprise me at all. If you've been numbing yourself or avoiding feeling yourself, it would be kind of scary to go into a space where you are intending, intentionally feeling yourself, especially if, again, there's fear around that. So create a container that is manageable for you. Don't try to do 20 minutes. Just give yourself a 60-second container, right? It doesn't have to be anything extensive. It can be 60 seconds done and then moving on, doing whatever else you need to do for yourself. Be careful that when you move into it, that you're not trying to make it stop. So the mindset or the perspective that you're entering into it with is to sense whatever happens, to be open and in a listening mode for whatever. Because if you go into it with the anticipation that you're going to do it in order that you don't have to feel the thing that you don't want to feel right? I'm doing this so I can make this other thing stop. If you're going into it with that, there's this underlying uh, misconception that, or rather an underlying belief that the sensation that you're trying to avoid is bad or a threat, right? Because you're trying to make it stop or you're trying to feel something else. And as long as there's a a kind of avoidance happening, then again, it's creating, it's kind of like a a, um, confirmation bias for your nervous system. It's like, well, if we're avoiding something there, it must be for a reason. So we're going to avoid it because we think it's scary. So therefore we're going to create a reaction internally that is in accordance with the idea that that is scary. And that reaction, of course, is the pain signal right? So anything around this, you want to get into those deeper layers of your thinking around it. Like, okay, what's going on here? Am I doing this to make something stop? Or am I really entering into this technique of this process with a sense of curiosity, right? So you can see how tricky that really subtle difference is. And I want to allay your fears a little bit about this if you are feeling a little bit trepidatious. The thing that keeps our situations the same more than anything else is our mind and our beliefs about that situation. And in my experience, the only way to change belief is to have an experience, to go through an experience that offers a different perspective, right? 
People don't typically change their beliefs because other people tell them to. They change their beliefs when they have an experience that shows them, uh, that opens a new door to reality that they haven't yet known, right? It's an embodied process. And in the situation of my daughter and myself, she was the scared person and I was the safe person. In the situation with my husband, I was the scared person. He was the safe person. And in this situation, you are playing both roles with yourself. And the way to hold your ground in the face of your own fear is to enter into a state of curiosity. What will happen? And I will tell you that when you bring awareness to the situation, and that's what we're doing here. We're bringing awareness. You're being present with yourself in a state of awareness. You're bringing awareness to this level of your perception, your sensation. You're bringing awareness to what happens in these moments with yourself. That you are anytime bringing awareness to any situation, things change. They can't help but change. If we are open to change, if we are open to possibility, things change. That's just life. Life doesn't stand still. Your body is organic. It is constantly in motion. You just can't feel it because you think that things are fixed. But in fact, things are moving constantly. And if you give yourself the opportunity to feel some of that motion, to feel some of that movement, you'll have an entirely fresh perspective that will add information, invaluable information to this part of your subconscious that couples these sensations with fear, right? It'll add a sense of clarity, which is really all that your body needs. It needs some clarity, right? Your subconscious needs some time to deal with these strong emotions. It needs some clarity. And you can give that to yourself. You can be both the child and the adult or the scared person and the safe person. Hey, do you have somebody in your life who could play this role for you of the safe person who could hold your hand for 60 seconds? In fact, that'd be a great idea because I'm thinking of a study where they actually had people hold hands of a loved one and their experience of a painful stimulus like heat or something like that was less. So just holding somebody's hand, if that sounds nice to you and you have somebody in your life that can play that for you, that role, ask them, 60 seconds, will you hold my hand while I'm present to the sensations in my body? And then you can even talk about it. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm feeling right now. This is what's going on for me. And you talk yourself through it. Whatever you can imagine in this scenario that would help you do that. You've got all the answers in your mind if you reach in there 
they are there. Let them serve you. All right, with that, I'm going to let you go. Have a wonderful week. Let me know if you have any questions. Take your time with this one. And make sure you sign up for that workshop with Lavinia, November 20th. I'll see you there. Have a wonderful week. Thanks for joining me today. Remember, if you are curious whether or not this relates to you, you can take our self-assessment for mind-body pain. It's really easy to access. There's a link in the show notes. You can also go to our website to get it, www.movetonourish.com. You can also join our free Facebook community, or if you want to work with me personally, send me a direct email at molly at movetonourish.com. And of course, all of this is linked up in the show notes. Have a great week, everyone, and we'll see you soon. Bye.